0: Biden's plan to strong-arm New Hampshire backfires as the state refuses to back down, meaning Biden will not be on the ballot in 2024 for the first Democratic primary. Also, the international eye of the G7 has been drawn to generative AI applications like ChatGPT, which they view as a threat that could result in algorithmic discrimination. Stay tuned to find out how they plan to stop racist algorithms. 12th episode of the Magnifying Glass Podcast. I am your host, Elena Moore, and today with me is my co-host, Liam Ford. Before we get into the meat of our podcast, we have a few announcements today that are very exciting. We are on a new platform called Odyssey. We are trying to avoid getting deplatformed, but at this point, it's really just a matter of time. So make sure you follow us on Odyssey, Rumble, and Audio Podcasts so you don't miss any special episodes we will be having coming up in the future. Stay up to date by following us on social media as well. You can find the Magnifying Glass podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And now TikTok, actually. For the Magnifying podcast, we also have a Substack that is coming out you can follow for exclusive content. For more South Carolina specific content, you can also follow Palmetto State Watch on most social media platforms as well. We also have something exciting to talk about on today's episode. If you are a fan of skeet shooting or just looking to try out something new and thrilling, then you won't want to miss this event brought to you by Palmetto State Watch. That's right. Palmetto State Watch is hosting an incredible skeet shooting event, and they are pulling out all the stops to ensure it's day filled with fun, competition, and great company. Whether you're a seasoned shooter or a forced timer, this event is designed to accommodate all skill levels. Space is limited, so be sure to grab your tickets soon. You will find all the details on purchasing your tickets at StateWatch.com, and you can also click on it in the link below. Thanks to Palmetto State Watch for sponsoring today's episode and for agri- organizing this fantastic event. We cannot wait to see you there. I am so excited. Now, back to our show. We're going to talk about a few fun little things today one of them to kick it all off is Joe Biden and all of the issues that he's having with his lover spat in New Hampshire Liam would you like to give us a little bit of a rundown of what we're seeing up there
1: you've basically had the same schedule uh each primary season you start with the Iowa caucus uh you move on to New Hampshire uh, which for 123 years now has been the first primary so obviously comes after Iowa Iowa's a caucus they're trying to be special so we're not we're not going to you know step on their toes uh and New Hampshire obviously wants to claim the, to be the first as well so they'll we'll give them their props as well and then after New Hampshire you go on to South Carolina uh and you know, there's, there's always been some level of competition between states trying to move up in their position because the higher a state is in the process, the more attention they're going to get, the more uh, those campaigns are going to spend in their, especially their big markets on advertising and things like that. So basically what you've seen is that each state kind of tries to move up as far as they can, which then just starts a domino effect. And So then the states in front of them then move up so that you're basically just pushing the entire process forward in time so now we have um, The primaries starting earlier than they've really ever started uh, Just because these states are always jockeying for position in the process Um, It's actually part of New Hampshire's law the state law that um, it will be the first uh, primary in the in the process um after getting his um behind kicked in 2020 in both iowa and new hampshire coming in fourth and fifth respectively in those two states and then winning south carolina biden was trying to move the 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 order around he wanted to start with south carolina he wanted to win out out the gate uh, and kind of put to bed any any challengers that might arise um and so Iowa went along with this. Iowa you know stepped aside, said, you know, okay, fine, we can we can change hundreds of years of traditions uh for the wishes of a senile old man. Uh that's no problem with us. We have no problem with that. New Hampshire, though, credit, credit where credit's due, New Hampshire stood up and said, We're not gonna do that. And they're going to continue on as normal without Joe Biden on the ballot, which is very interesting you know obviously biden came in kind of just thought he was going to get what he wanted thought that he would be able to just kind of walk all over uh the new hampshire state legislature and the secretary of state up there but they 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 weren't having it
0: and if you're on audio just a little note we're putting up pictures of the votes that biden received compared to other democrat uh, presidential primary candidates on the screen and if we look specifically at new hampshire just to look at the votes that he received in 2020 he only received a little more than eight percent in new hampshire it wasn't much and so if you're going to take that statistic of what we saw in 2020 whether or not those are correct numbers logically speaking He's going to most likely receive less with how unpopular he has been over the past four years in a lot of the decisions that have come from the Biden administration camp. So you could. Well, understand- I, don't, I
1: don't think I don't think he'll receive less. I think I think even with a mail in campaign, he'll get more just because you don't have so many people on the ballot. Uh, again, I mean, if, if you look at the 2020 results, you had Bernie Sanders, uh, who, who won New Hampshire, not surprisingly. Um, Pete Buttigieg came in second, um, and they both had around 25%, Barney just over, uh, Buttigieg just end, just under. Amy Klobuchar, uh, who you may have forgot even existed, uh, she almost got 20%. She came in at 19.7% and got third. Uh, and then Elizabeth Warren from, from Massachusetts uh, got 9.2%.
0: is possible but you know you never know especially with the numbers so or what to trust and what not to i think one of the main reasons that biden was so popular in south carolina for instance was that he received the endorsement of jim clyburn who is the only congressional representative that is a democrat in the state of south carolina and he also serves as the minority house leader um in this uh, in the House Congress. He not only received that endorsement, but he also received the endorsement of multiple other Democratic legislators in the state of South Carolina, including um, Senate state Senate, well, former state Senator Gibson, who recently in March left his seat at the South Carolina State Senate to join the Biden administration in March. We see a lot of the votes coming from um, the black community in south carolina because of the continued support from others so it'll be interesting to see a replay of that which will be so much fun
1: yeah i think and i I don't don't quote me on this it's it's in the top if not number one but i think if i remember right south carolina is has the most um black voters of any state in the country
0: that wouldn't surprise me
1: and biden did again win 61 percent of the black vote in the 2020 south carolina democratic primary uh so that is really what pushed him over the edge but as of right now the incumbent democratic president will not be on the ballot for the first democratic primary in the process which is, which is very very incredible
0: we will keep an eye on that but let's go ahead and look at how the white house is towing the globalist line and kamala harris assures us that Biden is still alive, in case you were wondering about that. You can see some of those clips here.
1: We were talking to some Democratic donors, Mm -hmm. and they have told us that should something befall President Biden, and he is not able to run, Mm -hmm. that there would be a free-for-all for who would run as president. You are... In the spot that that would be unnatural for you to step up. But we're hearing from donors that they would not naturally fall into line. Why is that? Well, first of all, I'm not going to engage in that hypothetical because Joe Biden is very much alive and running for re election. So but you do are. know. I mean, that is a concern and, and a legitimate concern, I would say. I hear from a lot of different people a lot of different things. But let me just tell you, I'm focused on the job. I truly am. Our democracy is on the line, Bill. And I frankly, in my head, do not have time for parlor games when we have a president who is running for re-election. That's it.
0: I love how she mentions that, oh yeah, Biden's alive. Don't worry about it. He's definitely alive. I won't
1: address it. I, I, won't, I won't address that. Wait, wait, okay. I mean, it just reminds me of, uh, of the clip from Ted uh where they're talking about opening a restaurant well we'll just we'll just play it you can you can have a look. Well, look, Johnny. If we're ever going to get serious about opening a restaurant, we got to start planning it now. Italian. Italian, yes. What's the special on Tuesdays? Eggplant pan. Chop salad, half price. And it's a non-restricted place. Yeah. Wait. What do you mean? Anybody can come. Of course. Jews are welcome. Well, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't they be? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But why even bring that up? You don't bring it up. You just let them in. So why mention it? No one will. So why are we talking about it? You're talking about it. I'm just saying, let them in. Yeah. Let them in. Exactly. Right. Good. Okay. No Mexican stuff. Why would you talk? Why would you bring that up, right? I understand, you know, it's been a a popular thing for people on the right to talk about, for people on Twitter to talk about, but for you to address it, it just kind of gives credence to it. The real story here is how this administration is tackling AI. Well, uh, I do
0: want to put a, a little thing out there. Look at the legs and look at the earlobes. Okay, now we can go into it.
1: I think that the two people in the world, arguably, who are the least qualified to talk about any kind of intelligence, let alone artificial intelligence, uh, are Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. But nevertheless, uh, here we are, and let's just see what, what these two, what their position is on artificial intelligence. All to help make sure that the benefits of AI are shared equitably and to address predictable threats such as algorithmic discrimination, data privacy violations, and deepfakes. We named it the blueprint for an AI bill of rights.
0: With AI, fraudsters can take three-second, and you all know this, three-second recording of your voice. I've watched one of me on a couple <laughs> of home. I said, when the hell did I say that? <laughs> But all kidding aside, three seconds recording your voice and generate an impersonation good enough to fool, you know, I was going to say your family, fool you.
1: It doesn't give you a lot of confidence. This has actually been something that's been in the works for a while now.
0: Yeah, so the Japan Times reported on October 9th that prime Min- the Prime Minister of Japan announced a special called UN meeting that he wanted to have over video conference with J- G7 leaders. He stated that in the address, um, Kishida, hopefully that's the way you say that, also said that the building and spreading of technologies that can confirm and verify who is sending information will be important and effective in the struggle to combat fake imagery and other forms of disinformation often created using generative AI, end quote. So that is from the Japan Times. Keep that in the back of your mind. I love how that word disinformation always comes into play when we start talking about what is true and what is false. Then we started looking a little deeper into that. Okay, where did this come from? I mean, I was finding this whole G7 talking about this Hiroshima process that they've come up with. We found something in September about it. And I also found some stuff in June, early, uh, late spring, early summer, where G7 leaders are talking about this Hiroshima process, which is just really a way of responding to regulations, proposals of AI. On October 30th, 2023, the White House released a press statement on G7 leaders on the Hiroshima process and everything that they discuss they're almost acting as if oh the united states is leading this if you look back at some of the history when it comes to regulating ai we are seeing europe have a very strong stance on it they're being very hands-on and then japan the united states and others kind of almost take a step back well let me tell you one thing they are not taking a step back at all with this one they're going straight for it and i will leave it up to you to decide who are calling these shots but to give you a just a little reminder the g7 involves great britain canada france germany italy japan and the united states plus the eu if you want to consider that so g7 big leaders
1: a forbes article that came out again regarding the whole g7 uh summit and then the proposal that they have Uh, Put forward, Uh, the G7 leaders announced Monday that they had reached an agreement on a set of international guiding principles on artificial intelligence and a voluntary code of conduct for AI developers, an outcome of the Hiroshima AI process established at the G7 summit in May uh, to promote global guardrails for advanced AI systems it's just going to become the mainstream it's going to become part of the company policy for all of these and so it says a voluntary code of conduct but it's actually going to be pretty strictly enforced going forward Mm -hmm. again in the countries participating in this g7 summit one of the things uh, one of the 11 is to potentially watermark or or in some other way make known to the viewer that the content that they're seeing whether that's written whether that's audio or visual uh, that that content was generated by ai you know that i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing mm-hmm. i think that you know i've kind of had questions over the last seven or eight months of you know how are you going to combat it's a real problem you have to to think about how are you going to combat you know deep fakes basically whether it's in politics with a fake ad where you can make your opponent look like they're saying something that they they never actually said and we now, saw means- a
0: lot of that coming out when uh trump was being in imp- what Indicted, I think was during that one when they had all of these photos of them chasing down Trump, and everyone started freaking out, saying that oh my gosh they've got him. But really, it came out later that those were just AI generated photos.
1: Yes, I do think there it's a problem that's going to have to be addressed. Do I necessarily think that lumping all of this in together into a G7, you know, international draft guiding principle for organizations developing advanced AI systems? Is the best way to handle that? Not really. I think that should be handled more at a national, state, and local level, um, just because whenever you start putting these decisions into the hands of unelected bureaucrats um, at the international level like this, you start to see them kind of drift from the original purpose of we want to protect people from deep fakes that could be used to manipulate public opinion into well, we really should be trying to stop um, algorithmic discrimination and we need to be worried about all these other things. Okay, well, that's not what is in the best interest of the public. That's not what you started out to do. That's not what you were sold the public on the idea of this proposal in the first place.
0: A lot of times, and this is Politics 101, that I am seeing on the local level, state, national, international, whatever level you're on in the political realm, or even things that shouldn't be political. Is they will call call the bill one thing or the regulations one thing you look into it and it encompasses all of these other things that aren't even connected that is a way to regulate so while something they may advertise it as something that sounds good they're going to lump everything in with that that's what amendments are it's a lot of fun so yeah, the, I mean, you know, there's no
1: greater example of this than you know the Affordable Care Act, No right. Child Left Behind, Common Core. I mean, we can go on and on. Uh, Hate the Patriot crimes. Act, right? Exactly. You know, you have all of these. It, it, again, you're right. It is 100% politics 101, where you know if you name a bill good enough, um, then then nobody can vote against it. Following up on as you mentioned earlier, the uh, the press release put out by the White House in uh, on yesterday
0: right so let, let's separate morning. those a little bit real quick on october 30th there was the first press release the white house put out about the J jeep collie the g7 leaders then on october 31st the morning of they release another statement that's talking about safe secure and trustworthy ai just because you know they want to make it sound like their idea not something that the g7 came up with
1: Right. Again, you, as you're you're right that they're trying to basically reinvent this as an American-led initiative rather than just following the coattails of, of the globalist, uh, whatever institutions.
0: Specifically, Japan.
1: Okay, specifically Japan. I know they hosted it. Um, yeah. But as I said, there's a the, the the new one that came out today, the safe, secure, and trustworthy AI press release. Included in it a bunch of quotes from different industry leaders on AI. And I just wanted to read a couple of those to kind of highlight where the goal of this AI, or generative AI, I should say, regulation is, is kind of pushing people. So Damon Hewitt, the president and executive director of the Lawyers Committee on Civil Rights Under Law, said, quote, This executive order is a critical step to help guard against algorithmic bias and discrimination it can be the beginning of a pathway to a future where ai empowers instead of oppresses again (laughs) this is just the language that we've seen over and over again particularly since the summer of love in 2020 where you have leaders community leaders is the is the term that they go by that are using this hot language in order to sway public opinion because again as long as you keep people under pressure, if you, as long as you keep attacking people and saying that America is systemically racist and all of these things, then you're basically going to keep them on the defensive, and they're never going to be able to you know, get any good policy pushed through in order to defend their side because they're going to be too busy defending their people, their policy positions, saying, no, we're not racist, all of these things. Mm-hmm. Another example that was in the, the latest press release earlier today from the White House uh, was Randy Weingart. Gartens, excuse me, uh, the president of the American Federation of Teachers. In this, said, quote, Appropriation, appropriate regulation and transparency will mean that people, not machines, are in charge of America. This executive order erects meaningful guardrails that will uphold individual rights and set standards on data privacy, security, discrimination, and fairness, end quote again it's just kind of interesting to see again same language well i and think so- it's
0: interesting how they he specifically says that it will mean that people not machines are in charge of america that way listen i'll be honest did that has this thought popped into my brain before with ai absolutely am i ai's biggest fan probably not <laughs> But when you're putting threats out there and saying, oh, we've got to pass, the government has to be in charge of all these things so the machines don't take over, that sounds like a very underhanded threat.
1: Yeah, if you're, a little bit of fear mongering there.
0: Right. Well, I think it's even interesting. We've got people from the uh, technology community commenting on this. They also, uh, The White House also put in Brad Smith, the president of Microsoft, his comment on on the G7 Hiroshima process. He stated on Twitter that today's executive order, which he's talking about the October 31st one, is a critical step forward in the governance of AI technology. This order builds on the White House voluntary commitments for safe, secure, and trustworthy AI and complements international efforts throughout the G7 Hiroshima process. AI promises to lower costs and improve services for the federal government... For the federal government, and we look forward to working with US officials to fully realize the power and promise of this emerging technology. End quote. This reminds me I know that's
1: a lie. I know that's a lie only for the one little phrase in there lower costs for the US government. Nothing ever does that
0: exactly and if this doesn't show you that they are working with all the big heads of technology so no one else rips them off including ai or anyone else using it that's something that we're seeing a lot of right now a lot of the people that are going into technology aren't coming out of colleges they're actually self-taught that's one of the reasons why the federal government you know are now letting in more of these people that don't specifically have a college diploma in the technology community. But I digress. We see that the government is doing the same thing that they do with anything else. If they can't control it, they're going to regulate it. And this is how they regulate it. Thank you for joining us today on the Magnifying Glass podcast. We delve deep, bringing the overlooked into focus and magnifying the stories that matter to you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and share, helping us shine a light on even more discoveries. I'm your host, Elena Moore. And remember, sometimes the smallest details make the biggest difference. Until next time, keep looking closer.